Have you ever imagined what it would be like to live life with one leg? Welcome to the What's Eating You podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie, and I'm a psychologist, published author, and public speaker here to educate and validate. Enjoy the show. Today, I have a very special guest on the show, a friend of mine who I met in Bali, Luke, and today is actually his bangversary, which means it was 13 years ago that this accident happened where he lost his leg and he's coming on the show to speak about it today. Luke, thank you so much for being here today. No problem. And it's great to be on your show, be on your podcast. And hopefully this can inspire some people in some sort of way, shape or form. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I just, look, to be honest, we met in Bali And I just want to tell the people how we met. So if you're new to the show, my name is Steph. I'm a psychologist and I do a lot of trips to Bali. And on my last trip, I was in a cafe and I heard this lovely sounding man just speaking to the staff. And I was like, wow, this person sounds so nice. And I looked over and I noticed you had a prosthetic leg. And I was like, wow, I imagine what he's been through. I wonder what happened. And he's just so happy and seems so easygoing. And here we are, we just take so many little things for granted. But yeah, I was really curious to meet you. So then we got chatting and that's how we met in a cafe, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We just like when, oh, you're in it yesterday. Is this your normal spot? And then we just got, yeah, chin wagon, didn't we? <laughs> uh, yeah. Good friends after that. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, that's good. I'm so excited to speak to you because I think When someone does have a disability or they've lost a limb, it can be, I guess a lot of people don't know what to say. They don't know how to act. And you were telling me a little bit about this, but you seem very open with it. You make jokes about it. Even saying my bangversary, I was like, whoa, I don't know if I can say that. (laughs) How? Oh my gosh. Okay. Is there anything I shouldn't say? Is there anything that's really inappropriate? Because I want to make sure. There's actually no rules in this podcast that. Okay. In, in your podcast so you can say anything and everything yeah like my humor is obviously like a good sense of humor so i'm more than happy to have a laugh a bit as well all right thank if, if, that, if that's the case yeah thank you luke would you mind just taking us back so i'm mind blown that today is 13 years since your accident happened so can you take us back 13 years ago to what happened and how this all came about of course yeah, I haven't even mentioned it at the moment. I'm an ex-British soldier on the parachute regiment, which I'm not sure we you'll... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, bases or your podcast user, but it's an elite regiment in the British Army, Airborne Regiment, so it's very proud regiments to get into. But yeah, 30 and years ago to the day, what a day it was. Just like any other kind of day, but I actually remember waking up. We got up at in the morning, and I just felt really, I felt a bit weird about this patrol on that day. I was just thought, well, I don't know if I had a look at eerie feeling, but we went out onto basically went into this when we went out and we went into this compound. It was we, we had the guys with us who at the mines, mm-hmm. and we were just waiting to. I should myself. My job at the time was a machine gunner. My friend was a sniper, and we were waiting to go on to the top of the roof just to bribe Overwatch in case the Taliban kicked off. When you're in a static location, that's what kind of tends to happen. You know, you just get that kind of eerie feeling, and you just like, right, let's go on the roof so we can see more of the area. That's what I mean by the Overwatch was scenario. Mm-hmm. And I was in 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 a, in a lane at the time. But we used to say safe lane, but not secure. But not known to me, the guys who do the minesweep actually missed the IED, which is an acronym for Improvised Explosive Device, bomb, basically. Mm-hmm. They did. And I can't point fingers because the ground wasn't very good that day because it rained the night before, but we got told to go out. So that we must do. And then I was I was kneeling down, just watching Leastical Murder Holes, just in case anyone ran past the wall, just for maybe for a grade over. That's how it's surreal, but that's the case Mm. And then whilst I was waiting to go on top of the roof, I remember just waiting. And my left knee was down, and I was in a kneeling position. My right leg was in there, but my left knee was on the floor. And then I remember just like my mate, at the time I smoked, smoked, my mate passed me a cigarette. But And then I remember instantly, like it was a massive thud, like a massive bang in the air. And I remember going up and... In the top of the compound, which is a building, it's like a, like a, a building. Mm-hmm. Which was a, I remember seeing top of it, which must have been about 12 foot. And I remember thinking instantly, I've been blown up. Like my spidey senses were tingling. Mm-hmm. And I was, they say it does the scenarios, and it, and it certainly does. Time slows down. So I remember seeing the top of the roof. And then next thing I knew, I was on the floor on my right hand side, not knowing my injuries at the time. It was very dusty. And I was shouting to, the guys, because I was more concerned. If the guys are right, because I could hear screaming mm-hmm. different areas of the comp um, in the area. I went through, I, I immediately went through what you call it, the action drill. So I was I'm making sure it was okay. So I took my gloves off. I checked for any internal bleeding. And then the first thing I, I, I definitely checked, and I, I looked down and I, I saw that I still had my mum back. Oh my gosh. There's like, I remember thinking, fuck my legs. I don't care what's there about, and I've still got that. Really? And then I went through all my drill, I was through my body, I was, I was on my right hand side, on no injuries at the time. And I thought, okay, and I shone across in the area, like making sure, luckily, not only to me at the time, but everyone was okay. So I took most of the, I took most of the blobs. And then 
once it does settle a little bit, I looked down and I saw that my leg was completely off. And there wasn't that much, there wasn't much blood because the, the bomb actually severed the leg off. So it's like more of a burn. So it stopped the bleeding a bit. I remember just smelling that. Like it was like a really burning, burning like fleshy kind of smell. Mm. I remember thinking, right. And then I, that's when I immediately went to brush out the medic. And then they were, they were like, no worries, Luke, we're going to get to you. And so I just didn't move because at this point, I don't know if I broke back. I don't know if I was doing anything or like mm-hmm. serious. So I thought, let's this position here. And then the medic eventually came over. But what they have to do beforehand to step him back is they have to look for secondary IDs because what the Taliban used to do, if they'd lay one ID, they'd lay another one. Which could be like basically like a chain ID. Yeah. Immediately, like if your friend's kind of injured, your your immediate force. I need to help him. So you go running, get and get. But you have to take your time. So the guy's coming to me. The medic comes to me, and he was he was on one knee, and he was sweating, and he was looking at me, and he's I'm gonna get you through this. And I just looked at him, and I was like, mate, just get a grip of yourself, calm down, don't worry, because he was in the minute. I'm the one the leg up. I was like. Mate, chill. And he's like, do you want, do you want this morphic? What well, they did with the morphic, they kind of, it was like immediate effect. Right. They stick, stick it, you stun them. Gives in the middle of any breath weight. Yeah. And yeah, he initiated that. And then I just, I just, I was a little bit like, just mellow him down because it held, held the pain a little bit. But I did not feel any pain at this, at this point. That was my question. If you had, if you could feel any pain in that moment, or is it just all adrenaline going through you? Yeah, I think you see adrenaline totally. Pain. Adrenaline was just pulsing through you. I was just so calm and realizing what I've been through. I was just like, this is okay. I've been blown up. It's, a lot of soldiers can do that. They can come compartmentalize stuff. Yeah, uh, this is how I need to move on to this. Which in that case was my injury and how I'm going to get out. Once that my friends ran, managed to get around me they, they put me on a stretcher and they sent me to a safe location which was only at that point um, about 100 meters away that's the, the guy you don't realize how much you are in thick of it but you are you're in enemy territory you are living with them in a sense it's that sort of close mm-hmm. they got me to the safe location and they what i the guys get coming over making sure i was okay and i just got on to keep talking to me because eventually i could start to feel a bit of pain and I was like, just keep talking. The guys kept coming over, swapping, making sure I was okay. Mm-hmm. Proud of you, but you're a true guy. You're getting through this, and you should be. You just taking it like a man. And and then they call it the golden hour at that point as well. The golden hour. Yeah, once you get injured, you've got, you got. You can obviously self treat. You can you can self treat yourself, and the guys can even tra- trauma they can patch it up and whatnot but after that you need it needs to be taken further you need to be taken to hospital yeah it was so rapid the guys the helicopter came in we've been about 40 minutes for my initial blast but as soon as i was injured it was called through on the radio they were running into the helicopter which we called an emad so it's like a emergency medical response team it's like a mini hospital on a helicopter which mm-hmm. basically we cordoned off so we the guys secured the area the landing area because again it kicks off when you're static and it's a helicopter coming in it can kick off but hopefully nothing happened at that point yeah they got me on the guy the, the doctor i was like you okay we're gonna put you to sleep now i was like thumbs up i was like mate i'm good to go 
And then, yeah, they initially, that's what initially happened from that point. Wow. And then I got sedated and then I woke up five days later, actually back in the UK. Yeah. When? I woke up and there were just, well, there was a little, uh, little nurse. And I always remember us sitting at the end of my bed and she was like, I don't know if any, any, any English listeners, this is like a brummy girl, so she had a Birmingham accent. So she's kind of, you know, mate, how you doing? Do you know what happened to you? I was like, yeah, I got blown up in Afghanistan. I'll move fine. And I, I know what's happened to me. And then the, and I remember being that skinny and weak. They were, they wanted to give me a shave. And I was like, no, 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 I'll shave myself because I'd fragmentation in my hands. Yes. My hands were covered as well. So it's a piece of kind of metal and everything from the bomb blast. But no injuries that I'm in slippery. And I, it took me two hours just to shave myself. But the funny thing was, is that I had like a little, little porn sash. Not only to me, when I was in, when I was in Bastion, right? When I was in Bastion, my friends actually shaved a little porn sash on me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and I woke up and I was like, why have I got a porn sash on? What has happened? I found out in a little book where the guys write in and they're like, look, we'll give you, we'll just give you a little porn touch and I a bit of morale. We wanted to do other stuff, but the nurse is caught so everyone out. I like it. <laughs> oh my gosh. That would have been so funny to, to see that. Oh, that's so funny. Like, yeah, that's when she happened from that point. Yeah, my uh, gosh. Family um, came in and my girlfriend at the time came in and yeah, they're obviously like, were worried as if I was actually okay, but that was cool. I was just happy to be there with my family being um, and they joke my dad, are you all right? And I was like, Dad, I'm gonna have one of these wooden legs now, and I and they instantly knew we're gonna be okay. So you're joking about it already. Yeah. So, you were known as the Joker. Yeah. Morale booster. Morale booster. Look, sometimes humor is a trauma response. Many people use humor or to try to cover things up, but it sounds like you were funny or had this sense of humor before the accident. Do you ever think, yeah. do you ever use humor to deal with it or is it who you are and it's always been? I, I, I would say that's exactly that. It's who I am and it's always, and all the guys in the military, you can imagine you're just in the worst place, you're wet, you're tired, you're hungry, you, still, you can still laugh about it. And in a mountain house on your back, you just see the best in everything. I was just, for me, I, I think if I meet people, they'd never know how to respond to me. So I'm at the start, I'm at like, the ministry, but you just joke about it. And but the guys are laughing and that's just the way it is. But when you come onto Civvy Street, they call it. You have to be careful because people don't know how to go and respond to you. They don't know if you're dealing with it okay. So when I tell people, I don't suffer PTSD because it's always in the back of people's mind. Really? I think they meet me and as soon as I say, hey, um, an ex ex soldier. They're like, I wonder if this guy's kind of like mentally okay. Is yeah. He, you know, there's a lot of things out there, and, and some of my friends, unfortunately, they do suffer with PTSD, mm. and they do have that trauma. But again, back to your question, yeah, I'd say it's, I say it's just who I am. I'm just very happy to be there. Yeah. It's like a scratch. Believe it or not, it's like a scratch wound compared to a lot of the guys' injuries. So it's. What have I got to moan about? So what's the word? It's incredible you've got this perspective and I'm so grateful I've got my man bits and this thing. Just your outlook on life on it is really inspiring. 
I want to know more about the practical day-to-day stuff. Are there any sort of aspects of daily life that you found surprisingly easy or challenging after the change? So when the, yeah, like when it initially happened, I remember being that, I was so skinny. I was like a little child because it, it takes so much energy out of you. I remember yeah. having three, when I was at home for three, four weeks before I went into my rehabilitation. And I remember being that week, like the guy, like his great ERI, excited third instructor, he took me out of the wheelchair and he's like, get back in. And it took me about five minutes to get back into that wheelchair and get back up because I just had no strength. And then your strength, you have to build your strength back up. And but and it, from there, it was just like a, it was like a, a day-to-day thing. So I'm going to walk next. I'm on the crutches, and it's the one crutch, and I've got these like old man walking sticks, and it's the one walking stick, and I've got no walking sticks. Now I'm just going to have to learn how to walk. And but yeah, it was a massive change completely. I think it takes quite a while for your, your body and for yourself to get used to it. Yeah, daily, daily. I'd say like a good anywhere between two to four years for most amputees. Yeah. For them to get fully, like, because your stump, stump's massive at the time and it shrinks and then you have to have new, new legs, your legs are not set. And you have to then go back. You might be in your wheelchair, you might be in crutches in the process. My gosh. Luckily for me, luckily for me, it wasn't, it wasn't that long. It was like, I think three months before I was walking again and then back at it. And within a year, they discharged me about eight appointments because they're like, we like, doing everything you need to do so you might as well just come here and just for leg appointments and I was like yeah okay cool and then I could just get on looking at my career at a time and all that sort of stuff so it's a massive change yeah um, but you do adapt and you do get used to it and it becomes normality at the end did you ever go through a grieving process or a depression or phases of grieving the old leg or grieving your past or what you were able to do or Honestly, I didn't. The only work thing for me that I was a bit good about is because I, I was due to do what they call selections. I was due to do special forces selection because it's like the next kind of step for us guys. The elite regiment in the British Army now is getting to. And most of the guys are like, now it's the And then it's, most of the SAS is ex paratroopers. So it's, that's what I would have loved to try out just and challenge myself. I'd always be happy with that. But with the grieving process, not at all. And it's weird to say or probably to hear. But I don't think I had one. I remember there's one time I was in a, I was still in my wheelchair and I snapped for about one minute and my mum's there and I'm like, oh, I'm like an eight year old man. I'm 23. It's fucking Joe. And then it's literally within that minute, I was fine. I went on crutches for a while. I got a bit annoyed through my crutch. And then again, within a minute. I was fine. Because I actually asked my, my parents this. I said, do I sink down or is there a time where I've taken out on you guys? And they're like, no. And they just mentioned them times. And that, that was it. That's literally it. And it's hard for people to hear that because it is. I've told some people, yeah, people are like, so you've never been, because most people have a kind of, they're in a high, they're in the army, you're running up, this is great, life's great. Oh, no, I'm injured now. They're going to a spiral, then they go down. But for me, it was just like I accepted it immediately. It's just no. You accepted it. Very content with it, and just yeah. I actually don't really think about it until I talk about it. Yeah, no, you have, and isn't that interesting? I accepted it, and I think acceptance is such a big part of healing or of minimizing the impact 
that something has on you because it is what it is. What am I going to do? And I think when you said that there hasn't been heaps of changes, because when I was speaking to you, to be honest, you're like, yeah, I'm just going to jump on my scooter or I'm going to go do the fitness class. And in my head, I'm like, wait, can you ride a scooter with one leg? Can you do a fitness class with one leg? I was, I don't know if I'm naive. I don't know what I was thinking, but is there anything you you can't do like legally or non-legally or anything that you can't do? No, no, no. It's actually, obviously, I was an absolute machine when I was in the army. Like, I could put a house on my back around miles. I can't do that anymore. Uh, That's just, it's still Clive go hiking and I would say I can do most things. But obviously, the only limitations I have if I have maybe a little rub on my leg or stuff like that. But, like, I'm so used to it now. I can self-admit myself and... I know it's an infection off of the antibiotics or I get rid of rubber and I had to self kind of care for myself. So I would say there's limitations and probably on maybe the endurance factor. So if I went out for a run or something like that, like obviously I get more of an impact. Um, it's me down a little bit, but then it hasn't because I'm probably still like a lot more fitter than most able-bodied people. I'm still being... Oh. People are like... And I'm like coming first all the time. And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I climbed the Buddha the other day here in Bruquet and I was just like running up the hill and there's people like looking at me like. Yes. Yes, you are so fit and you ha- and that's it. People who have two legs make excuses. Luke has one leg and he's running up the big Buddha. So. There you go, yeah. Yeah, I love the big Buddha. I think it's just the mindset. It's just I'm here, I'm going to go and enjoy it. Yeah. Good way to be to have that kind of growth mindset. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh my gosh! Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. What about, like, socially or relationship-wise? Has it ever come up or any challenges there like with relationships or intimacy i know what we're all thinking does it impact your sex life at all not at all like i've had these questions as well girls came to be a and i see a question what you do in the bedroom i said look girls i'm like if i'm in the bed the leg's off and then if i'm out of the bed the leg is on (laughs) (laughs) depends on what we're doing yeah it depends on where we're going what's up but with relationship with regards to relationships, no girl has ever been like ever been with has ever been really bothered about it or yeah. I've seen it being more 
wrote about it of who I am and that Stephen said to me, oh, I just find that they're more interested and they just, yeah, relationship-wise, it's never impacted it. Yeah, okay. No. I'm sure there's people out there who'd probably be like, oh, I don't know, but it's what it is, right? People know what people, even if they don't got a disability, it's just the way of the world. Yeah, and exactly right. It's so weird how we all have the same thoughts or <laughs> We're thinking the same thing. All right. I've got another question. So what is the strangest thing that has ever happened? Or have you ever had like a strange encounter or someone said something that was really strange or? Yeah. I, I think, actually, I think when I was traveling away, I remember this, I was with an ex-Royal Marine actually. We're out and I remember Kerry Tao and then this guy comes up and he's he's a bit drunk. He's calling, he's calling me a cripple and that. And I'm like. How rude. I'm like, I'm very rude. And I obviously, I think it's that kind of. They just do that out there, maybe in America. I said, I was like, and the thing is, I, I said, look, mate. I said, so I might have one leg, but I said, just be careful what you say. I could knock you the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. As your mates, and I was like, that, but I can quite good at playing stuff off anyway, rather than just having trouble. I'd rather just be like, look, mate, just don't worry about it. See, let's enjoy night and forget about it. I think that's the kind of, but especially imagine that in these country stuff. Every time I travel around Asia, more like. Intrigued by it, and they're like, they've never seen it before in their life, so they just come up and they just ask questions, or they'll be staring, and I'll just be like, Yeah, all right, guys, and then the one runs over, and it's oh, like, How'd you lose your leg? And yeah, I'm... a lot of people are just more intrigued by it. Yes, so I don't really notice people like looking at me, but say if we were walking down the street, you would notice people kind of like looking down at my leg and stuff like that. I just kind of really notice it anymore i see people doing it but i just don't take yeah you're just exactly it does and you're just doing your own thing and you're just so confident in who you are as a person and do you know what it probably makes people feel safe and comfortable to ask you about it because you are very approachable and friendly and just happy to to have a chat yeah i've always never seen that just smiling and people were just like yeah i just want to talk Yes, yes, yes. That's what I was thinking too. What's the story? What's going on? No, that's so interesting. Is there, is there anything that helped you along your journey? Like any, I don't know, like role models or books or a type of mindset or a thought or a belief that has helped you even throughout your life with everything you've done? I think my biggest like kind of role model and my support part is my family, like the dad. I think, you know what, I honestly think if I didn't have that support, maybe I was, I was very lucky to have it. They were there, they'd been there, they'd always announced out of me. My family were all very close, but all very independent at the same time. Mm. Their ways about us. I think it'd be my family more than anything. Yeah. With real support and helping me out and on the journey, like through, through my life, really. Well, they're always there. That's amazing. Friends and close things as well. Yeah, so important. So important to have that support. And I remember you saying, I remember you saying you did a lot. Or did you do a lot of therapy? You were telling me about EMDR because I was really curious to know why is it that some soldiers continue to have PTSD for the rest of their lives? You get like the veterans and the people who are just yeah, really damaged for life. And then there's someone like you who seems fine. Did you do therapy or do any trauma work? Or Yeah, what's your take on that? No, I think it's very important what they do. They actually, they do do therapy. Um, they do what they call a, oh, what was it called? I think it's called a triage. 
So the guys come in, like, initially, when you're in hospital, from a start point, and they're like, look, like, we're here to make sure you're not arcing at the root, basically. Everything's all right, okay? So they set out a certain amount of questions. They read you in yourself as well, body language and whatnot. And for me, like, they, when they first come up, they're like, just looked at me, and they're like, you just really don't care, do you? And I'm like, no, like, I'm pretty happy. I'm here. And they're like, we scored a te- uh, two out of 20. I said, okay, it was like, you need to like, very good. If you were 20 or close to, you need to be in a, a white a white jacket and you need to be in a mental asylum, basically. Wow. It's just very accepted with it. And then they do it initially three months, six months, a year, 18 months, another year when you discharge. Uh, and then again, they just said the same thing. That's like, you're fine, you're happy now, pretty much. And then... Help is there as well. Like, we have a veteran community. Like, if I wanted to reach out, I'd look, you know what? I'm in shit state here. I need health. Mm-hmm. Talk to. It is there. But I've been very lucky. I've never needed it. Yeah, I'm not going. If I did need it, I would 100% reach out. I'm very, like, I know my thoughts and I know how I'm behaving. I'm human, right? Mm-hmm. We all have bad days and good days and whatnot. But as long as it's, I can deal with it, then it's fine. Yeah. Like, no. If I was really bad 100 percent. i would reach out and i would not neglect yeah i love that i love that you're open about seeking mental health because i think i can imagine especially as a male or being in the army and being a soldier there's that whole even when you said yeah to take it like a man like just that kind of i don't know there might be is there some people who are reluctant to get mental health or yeah in the military i think it's got a lot better when i was in it was I look back and I actually look back at some of my friends and colleagues and I think, but at the time, you're, you're, young, you're a young guy, you eat, sleep, work with these guys, you go out and all this out, so you look a massive fan. But I look back at some of the guys and I think, actually, I think he was looking back on it. I think he was, he needed help. Mm. I think it's a lot more accessible now with mental health in the military. Yeah. Uh, it's got a lot better. When I was there, it was you could snap your shot hold on you can carry your massive machine gun and people and then if you'd be if you'd be sick for a month or a little bit later you could both start talking and it's always like mate you've been weak you've been weak is it it's a very mad environment testosterone environment but it's a lot better now i think if the guys are struggling and i know they have actually a lot of, a lot of friends have actually reached out and, and got that help that they needed uh-huh. Good. Like, it could be a discharge from a lot of them. So I think some people are very careful what they say and do. But yeah, you can tell by people. If they're not mentally okay, you can't hide anywhere. Because if you live with someone, then you can things about them that they're not okay. Or Yeah, I hear you. My gosh, Luke, like you just have such a positive outlook on life. And I think many people will be listening to this thinking, wow. I maybe I should have that outlook on life. Is there anything before we wrap up that you wish people knew about mental health or anything you want to share about difficult times or if someone's going through a difficult time? Any words of wisdom? Yeah, sure. I think mental health is a if you're struggling mentally, if you're especially if you're male as well, because like is like you mentioned, a lot of males don't want to reach out. It's quite still quite new. A lot of guys are mm. reaching out now. They are going, look, actually I'm struggling emotionally like for a breakup or it'd be some other circumstances as well. I think words are kind of wisdom-wise. It's just like 
time goes so fast, right? Time goes so fast. And life is very short. And I think we, we tend to, as humans beings, care what people think. We care. But at the end of the day, it's just, I think a lot of people need to be happy with themselves. Stop trying to make everyone else happy around and be happy with yourself. Yes. And be, and naturally make, and be happy because it's just like, it's so short. Instant regret with things. So just live your life, be happy. And if you want to, you want to go skydiving, it would be you want to climb that mountain. Set yourself challenges. It makes you feel better. Don't be stagnant. Yes. Because I think when you're a kid, you do these little things, and it's oh, you've got like an A, whatever grade you have. Yeah. And accomplished. When you get older and you have a job, if you depending on what job you do, you could be very stagnant in that job. There's not like once you're married, you're like oh great, but then. There might not be any room for any growth. But I think growth growth mindset is an important thing. Yes, mm-hmm. all what weakness is. So I think just go out there and do whatever you can to set yourself challenges. Yeah, it makes you feel big. I agree. I think that is, is so true. It's about challenging yourself, taking pride in how far you've come and just radiate the type of energy that you want to attract and you want. To be, because yeah, life yeah. life is short, and people worry about their their body now or their skin or something. And I'm thinking, wait till eighty, and you can't even do these things. Oh no, this has been such a breath of fresh air, Luke. If people want to check you out, where can they find you? Are you on social media, and what's your handle? I am ironically, no pun intended. My Instagram is one leg Luke with Uno the letter one. Yeah, one story. And then that, so you can check me out there. I post funny stuff. I've got a few pictures up there, but you can check me out there if you wish. If you need a last, like, I'm sure my stories will help you out. I'm probably think this guy's got it. Just has a laugh with everything. Yeah. You, know, you want to check me out? No worries. No, I was looking, when I went on your Instagram, I saw you had a bit of a sexy photo shoot with your oh, yeah. one leg. I love those photos. How different. It's cool because so that man, so how I come across that was there is a, is a famous American photographer actually, and right I was dating this girl and she was she tagged me on Facebook she's like why don't you do this and I tagged my friend and I was like mate we should so do this and he went he goes do you want in I'm actually doing it with this guy and I was like really and he's I was like yeah right and then I got in touch with the photographer and it was to demonstrate he did American soldiers and UK soldiers and it was to demonstrate like strength beyond injury. So it's a very good, it's a good experience. So one of the experience. She went into a book. Where, like, where it got published internationally. Wow. Coffee book. Yeah, it was really, it's it good fun actually. I love that because I think photo shoots are just, you always see the same thing or people have, but to actually see a shoot like that, yeah, it's so awesome. I encourage everyone to go see it. We'll link your Instagram in the show notes, but Luke, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. I know you're in Thailand right now. I'm in Bali, so I'm praying that this audio works. If you've listened to this episode, please let us know. Take a screenshot. Tag us both on Instagram. Let us know if you enjoyed the episode. But, yeah, thank you so much for making the time. I'm so grateful and I'm so glad we met. And hopefully, I don't know if you'll be in Thailand in May, but I will be heading down there and maybe we can catch up. Yeah, definitely. Like wherever we are, and I'm sure we'll catch up if we don't in May. I know you're in Bali. I'm in Bali sometimes anyway. I'm sure our crosses or cast will cross again. Yes. And it's been plenty of a bit of pleasure to be on your podcast as well. And I hope, I've, I hope everyone's enjoyed the show. Yes. Thank you so much, everyone. Don't forget to rate 
leave a review and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I am truly grateful for you being here. If you got something out of today's show, please take a moment to leave a rating or review. To access more resources or support, check out the show notes below. See you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.